0: Welcome to the Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack and on this week's show... Is Crossrail a waste of money? Edward Hardy from the Hardy Report with the truth about Twitter. Bildo and Lindelin talk about how their podcast Wine Chats has changed their lives. And my special guest is one of the stars of Home Time on Absolute Radio. It's Richie Firth from the podcast Richie Firth, Travel Hacker. Rich, in each episode, you take the challenge of hacking a journey. And during lockdown, it's all been virtual journeys.
1: Uh, yeah, so um, we're coming to the end of, of our third series, which have been, uh, as we've been calling, the fantasy travel hacks. So that's yeah. people getting in touch with us uh, and saying, hey, I want to do this, I want to go there, how would you do it? And so we've, we've, we've had good fun with those. When we start back up again with series four, we want to be back out and actually hacking proper uh, out and about journeys. So some of the ones that we've uh, we've got in mind, uh, we want to um, we want to see if we can resurrect uh, the canals of the United Kingdom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's that face for? Seriously, they're underused the waterways of this country. Yeah, but it's going to take weeks,
0: Richie. Where are you going to go on the canal?
1: I I think see to, look. The River Lee uh, goes from uh, the London Olympic Park out to where I live, a little place called Ware near Hartford. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is a chance that I could make it quicker home on the River Lee uh, than certain forms of public transport. So I'm going to try and prove that. Uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I want to get around uh, the M25 clockwise in under two hours. So, uh, so that's a big goal. Um, I once attempted uh, to break the world record for the London Underground in the quickest, uh, quickest time possible. That's I missed every out on station.
0: That. Is You have to get on every station.
1: In 270 stations um, in 16 hours and 32 minutes. That's kind of where the record is. I did it in 18 hours and one minute, so I, I missed it by this much. Um, but uh, I've not finished with the London Underground, so there's a hack to do with that that I fancy as well. So plenty, plenty, plenty still to do. All right. It's called Travel Hacker. It is. Richie Firth, Travel Hacker. And uh, there's three series there ready for you to enjoy. They're all rather different. uh, And there's a fourth in the pipeline that we're very excited about.
0: Hey, talking to the Tube, I've got some trivia questions to test you with in a bit. Stick around. The Pod 20 is heard on podcast radio on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester, Birmingham and Glasgow, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world, on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Let's get into the chart now and at number 20, you're dead to me. Greg Jenner brings together the best names in comedy and history to learn and laugh about the past. At 19, Alan Carr's Life's a Beach. Alan's latest guest is James Blunt. At 18, Mummy Doomsday. The disappearance of two of Lori Vallow's children in Rexburg, Idaho, in 2019 would expose a bizarre trail of death, devotion, and doomsday beliefs that captivate the nation. This is a haunting podcast from Keith Morrison and Dateline NBC. At 17, Wine Chats with Bildo and Lindelin. Let's delve into your backgrounds now. I'll start with you, Bildo. Did you have a background in performance or comedy or broadcasting?
2: No, not at all. Just uh, an absolute love for being hilarious. Um, no, really, I didn't. We 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 actually met about 14 years ago at work in a government job. Um, we were both an admin. We were both young and adorable. I was young. She was adorable. <laughs> and we just hit it off straight away. And I worked there for about 11 years, had my kids, and I think I just got to a point where I was like, I'm in the wrong industry. I should not be working for the government. I should not be working for the man. This is not my jam. Like, it just wasn't my jam. So I started my blog to just kind of have something to to get out of me. I I wanted to express my creativity somehow, I guess, and and writing has always kind of been in my, you know, life. And so I just started, started writing the blog and then eventually just started the podcast. I really have no background in it. I just sort of thought I'd start learning and you know, build it from the,
3: from the bottom up.
0: And Lyndon, what's, <laughs> what's your story? Cause obviously you've, you've moved to Australia from Canada.
3: Yeah. So I came over, oh God, about 15 years ago, um, with a jerk that, yeah, that didn't <laughs> turn out. <laughs> Sucker. Anyways, that's another story, Graham. Um, so yeah, I came over on a working holiday visa and ended up meeting my husband not
0: long after. So you're an overstayer.
3: Well, no. Well, yeah, I guess so. Especially if you ask my mom, she's like, oh, you'll be back after your year. And then, you know, I'm still here 15 years ago or 15 years later. Um, So, yeah, I just came over working holiday visa, met my husband, got married, had kids, was working, like what Billy said, working for the government, just admin job. And And your husband's an Aussie? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's an Aussie, um, born and bred in Brisbane. So, I was quite happy being a stay-at-home mom. Until, Until shattered I shattered that. Yeah, ruined her life. <laughs> yeah. Or improved it, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just happy being a stay-at-home mom. I have three young kids. I was just doing my thing, and here we are.
0: Right. And you found that the, the podcast, has it changed you in any way at all?
3: Oh, d- yeah. Uh, it has completely
2: changed my life. Yeah. I don't know about Linny. Yeah. <laughs> Linny's trying
3: to stay
2: stay i guess you know in her stay-at-home mum kind of mode but uh, to me it's totally totally changed my life like i i don't know i I just feel happier like i feel um, it's a totally different career for me and i'm i'm gunning to really make it into a career you know what i mean like i've been i think we've both been working very hard at making wine chats you know as as big as it can be um and so we're we i guess we're gunning for a complete career change i am But yeah, it has totally changed absolutely everything about my life. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I enjoy it. Like I honestly didn't think I would enjoy it. When Billy asked me, like I said, I was like, I don't care if it doesn't go well. But now I care. Like it's a passion of ours and I love doing it. We have so much fun. And it's even though we're not getting paid for it yet, like it's a job. Like we love it. We're not in Mm. this just as a little hobby podcast anymore. Like this is what we want to do and make it successful so yeah it's totally changed and even um like the confidence that we have i remember the first night so this is the little studio we record in it's at my house and the first night we recorded (laughs) and we weren't live or anything like that we were petrified it took us forever to hit that record button because we we were so insecure about it it was unknown so now. and even then it was more wine than chat. It was just like yeah. getting <laughs>
2: progressively drunk <Yeah. laughs> to be like to have
3: enough confidence to
2: record yeah. and it was probably about 40 minute recording of just gibberish. Oh. It was just rambling. <laughs> it was yeah. shocking. Yeah. So we've come a long way in yeah. our almost 2 years.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds great now. It's wine chats. It's from Bildo and Lindelin and it's at number 17 this week on the pod 20. Number 16, Feel Better, Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. Featuring stories from health experts and personalities who offer easy health life hacks, expert advice and debunk common health myths. At 15, Case File, True Crime. Fact is scarier than fiction. 14, The Happiness Lab with Dr. Laurie Santos. You might think you know what it takes to lead a happier life more money, a better job, or Instagram-worthy holidays. You're dead wrong. The Yale professor, Dr. Laurie Santos, has studied the science of happiness and found that a lot of us do the exact opposite of what will truly make our lives better. Number 13. Richie Firth, Travel Hacker. Now, Richie and I used to work together on the air in Bournemouth at a radio station called 2CR, which stood for two crap records Richie a lot of your travel hacks have involved the London Underground would you like to take a travel hacker challenge and answer three trivia questions about the tube I'd love to
1: I'm still competitive
0: right then <coughs> longest escalator on the underground where is Angel ah
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you
0: I've got two more. By the way, I should mention this bell that I just dinged. Do you recognise this, Rich?
1: It looks like you've uh, lifted it from a hotel uh, reception somewhere. Unless you've changed.
0: We no, I haven't. Uh, you and I did a, a week. Of, we did this twice, where we took a plane load of listeners from Bournemouth when we were at Two CR, and we took them skiing in the yes. Alps. And the second time we went, I always used to have a bell in the studio, which was a thing I'd got from Staples. And we realized when we got to this resort in France, where we were doing the breakfast show from the breakfast room every morning, we didn't have a bell. So we mentioned this to a couple of the listeners who had come with us. And then they showed up the next morning with this (laughs) bell that they lifted off the reception desk at the hotel next door
1: oh dear yes so right? i was part right yes your play was
0: lifted but not by me okay, okay. so we got longest escalator you got one point so you got one out of three I'll next london that. underground question for the travel hacker what is the deepest underground line
1: uh, the deepest underground line i believe don't ding because i'm going to come up with a supplementary fact okay i hope i've got it right the deepest line is is the Northern line, I believe. I want to name the deepest station. I think it's. Um, I don't Heath. know the
0: deepest station.
1: I think you, it's Hampstead Heath. You
0: are right. It is the the Northern line is the deepest one. Which there's a clue there with Angel being on the Northern line.
1: Yeah, it's got true. a long escalator.
0: Okay, final question. You're doing really well. Two for two. Final question. The only tube line that intersects all the other tube lines? Cracking question, Richie.
1: Cracking question.
0: There is only one tube line that intersects all of the other tube lines. Which one is it? (sighs) See, even if you get this, you're still fine. You still got two out of three. So the pressure's off.
1: There's an answer I want to give and I've been wanting to give it for about 10 seconds but I'm just thinking about I'm going to go with it It's the central line
0: It's not the central line
1: (sighs) It's
0: the Jubilee line It is the Jubilee line Yeah the Jubilee Isn't
1: that great trivia That's a really good piece of trivia because I would have thought that the central line going through everything. You would have thought so, yeah.
0: Or maybe even the circle I would have said before I knew. But no, it is the Jubilee Line. It intersects every other tube line. Interesting. Well done, Richie. Coming up, Richie's going to explain why there's a better way to get across London than Crossrail and what should be done with the Crossrail tunnels instead. Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, is at number 13 this week on the Pod 20. At 12, sword and scale, true crime. The dark side of humanity and human nature. Murder, rape, dismemberment and cannibalism. No crime is too brutal and no victim is too pure. The worst monsters are real. Number 11, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. One of Trevor's recent guests is Bill Gates, who talks about the current state of the coronavirus crisis and his new book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. Number 10, newscast from the BBC. The latest episode covers Dr Adler's European tour. At number 9, Equal Parts with Maria Passingham. It's a podcast where couples tell their story of how they met. And Maria, the saddest thing is that you haven't found love. You've never been in love. So an odd person to decide to do this.
4: Uh, um, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> do
0: you think, you know, if we're trying to get all Freudian here, that it could be the fact that you, you haven't found the right person yet that has inspired you to, to talk to people who have?
4: I think it's nice and it's reassuring for me, you know, to to think, oh, there probably, I'm sure there is someone out there for me, and one day I'll have my own story. I don't, I don't think it's like a direct sort of response, but uh, it has been lovely to just to just surround myself in people's real love stories when I don't have one going on myself.
0: Um, and also see just what dumb luck it is that people actually <laughs> find each other. Totally so dumb luck. That's got to be inspirational. So you're like, what am I? What am I doing wrong? Well, nothing. It's just dumb luck. You yeah. Know?
4: I mean, even people who you know to an extent engineer it, people who go on dating sites and apps and you know get set up and things like, in a way, you would say yeah, it's not dumb luck because you know they're actually tr- they're actually looking. But like, still, it's not just going to be the first person you you know you connect with like that and. And people still have, yeah, ups and downs and and sometimes really awful first impressions that then they come back to. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I just have to wait for it to happen. <laughs> it's fine.
0: And then you'll be on equal parts. You'll have to do your own story.
4: <laughs> well, perhaps that will be like the grand finale forever. Yeah, that will be, you know, Wouldn't the way I'll like go out.
0: When they make the movie of your life based on this, because there's a movie in this. There's clearly a movie in this that, you know, you... Haven't found love yet. You're making this podcast and getting people's stories, you know, or even a TV series, and the grand finale is you find love of your own. I mean, that's got to be the perfect Hollywood ending, hasn't it?
4: <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. I I I mean, it would be nice, but I'm not like that's not my only you know driver in life. So I don't really care if that Hollywood ending doesn't happen or it doesn't happen until I'm 50. Like I'm. I, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> Who's been your favourite story meeting story so far?
4: Oh, you can't ask me that. They're my babies.
0: I can I mean, it was cheeky, but have you? Is are you going to stick your neck out on one?
4: <sighs> I'm not. Okay. Fair A- every time I do an interview, I come away from it with my cheeks burning from smiling and um, and thinking, oh my gosh, these people are amazing. And I'm already thinking how I'm going to weave it together. And then I, just this weekend I had to edit one, had to, (laughs) I edited one and, um, and I, I I didn't really, I wasn't really in a working mood, but I sat down and did it. And halfway through, I was just like, oh, this is amazing. These people (laughs) are incredible. So I think it's kind of like, you know, every time I get a new one, that becomes my immediate favorite. And, um, and then when it's released, you know, again, I kind of get a second, second burst of life on it, but no, they're all great. <laughs> they are. They
0: are great. It's called Equal Parts, and thanks for being on here too. You've got the new podcast, and, and then what's next?
4: Uh, who knows? Probably a third season of hope of uh, Equal Parts. Yes. Um, potentially, <laughs> um, and probably some more in-house work for edit audio for you know maybe more originals there. But we're kind of in a in a sort of pitching stage at the moment, so we'll see. <laughs>
0: And you've also got the hosting on. Uh, hope this finds me well. So you've got yep. that going too.
4: So, so I hope this finds me well. There's, there's yeah, several more episodes to come out. Um, yeah. And if we want to find out more about you, I guess Twitter, Maria Passingham. Um, Instagram, if you want to see the artwork for the show, uh, m.passingham, I believe. Um, Equalpartspodcast.co.uk has an about me section. It's all there. You can just Google me. (laughs) I'm
0: famous. (laughs) You're even more famous now. You're on the pod 20 and Equal Parts has made it to number nine. Number eight, revisionist history. Malcolm Gladwell's journey through the overlooked and misunderstood. At seven, Spirefair from Wondery a charismatic Russian woman, arrives in the US on a mission to improve relations between the two countries, and she soon makes some powerful friends. But who is Maria Butina, and who is she working for? Number six, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. After 25 years at the late night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests, so he started a podcast to fix that. His latest guest is Seth Myers. Let's check in with this week's special guest from the podcast, Richie Firth, travel hacker. It's Richie Firth. And you and I used to work on the radio together and on the air we'd often disagree about trains. Because I'm against them. I think we should all be flying and we should rip up the rails and use that
1: space to make more roads. Are you still pro-trains? I am still pro-trains, but uh, one of the episodes of Travel Hacker that we did do was where I said what a waste of money Crossrail is, uh, and that I would stop building Crossrail immediately, um, and that they should spend the money on the River Thames. I see. So uh, I tried to prove that you could get across London to Canary Wharf, yes, uh, from t- Chelsea quicker if you go on the Thames Clipper. These things are fantastic. So these are high speed catamaran. It's easy to say, yeah, high speed catamarans. Um, uh, that uh, stop off at various piers along the Thames, and once again, I tried to prove that you could do that quicker than what was the scheduled timetable for Crossrail services. And my whole point was this was going to save mi- billions. Oh yeah, no from- tunneling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they could, they could. I mean, the tunnels are built. I mm. can't get away from that. But yeah. I had a solution for that. I thought that could be actually a really, really good um, uh, tourist opportunity for London. You, you could have sort of like some uh, underground log flume. Uh would know, turn them into something completely different. People would come from all over the world for the world's first ever underground log flume. Uh, and then you spend the money that you're saving uh, on the riverboats. It's a good idea. I don't know where Thank I'm you. at,
0: which I'll, I'll make my decision on crossrail when it's open, when, it, when we, everything gets back to normal. I did use the other, the kind of half-assed crossrail, the north-south half-assed crossrail, Every day when I worked at Fix Radio, because from Hitchin here, you can get on a train and you can go all the way. I think you can go all the way to, well, you can go all the way, definitely go all the way to London Bridge. I used to get off at Blackfriars because they- You can
1: go all the way to Brighton, Thameslink.
0: You can go all the way to Brighton. That's right. You can go all the way to Brighton from like Peterborough,
1: can't you? You can do, uh, I think you do Peterborough to Horsham and you can do Cambridge to Brighton. Cambridge to Brighton, yeah. yeah. Well, I used to
0: do that every day. I actually learned out a little trick with that. Do you ride tra- Thameslink? What's the, what's the trains you
1: use to get into the city? Uh, Greater Anglia uh, is, uh, is my mob, but uh, I'm familiar with Thameslink.
0: Thameslink is a good little tip, you know. Um, you know, they have a first class at the front and a first class at the back. Right. You can go in the first class at the back on a standard fare ticket. You just go in it. It's uh, the, it's deregistered. The the but you have to but because and it is a first class because when the car when the trains coming the other way it is the one at the front in which case you have to get in the other one if you come in the that is a good little tip that not everybody knows and that I've been a on tip. there and a, and a ticket inspector has got on and checked my standard class ticket and gone fine it's it's uh, as long as you're in the the first class at the back of the train in the direction the train
1: is moving wow that's amazing that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little travel hack for you, Rich. That is a hack. That is a really good one. Yeah. Most of mine most of mine, are saving time, but this one is saving money, which actually could be a little bit more useful.
0: Well, also, I mean, sometimes, like when I went in in the morning, you could often get a seat back there that you couldn't get in cattle class because yeah. not everybody knew the trick. Yeah, 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 good point. Thanks, Rich. Back to the chart now, and at number five, Economics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, the co-author of the Freakonomics books. Number four, That Peter Crouch Podcast. With Peter Crouch, Tom Fordyce and Chris Stark. They bring you their guide to being a professional footballer. At three, The Hardy Report with Edward Hardy. It's a show that covers American politics and Twitter played a big part in the last US election. Twitter gets a lot of flack because of the hate on there. Now, I love Twitter and I try to use it for what it was originally designed for. Like it wasn't designed for conversations backwards and forwards. It never described itself as social media. It described itself as a micro-blogging site.
5: That's exactly the sort of situation that's emerged on these sites, is they've all morphed into something that they never intended to be. Right. As Facebook was so people could just... You know, message each other and have a conversation and keep in touch with old school friends or flirt with that person in class that you fancied or whatever. That was what it was set up to. Twitter was so people could just share their uh, thoughts, either innate yeah. thoughts or just, you know, to say, oh, the weather's lovely today because they just wanted to say that to the world. Or they could, you know, share what was actually happening at that moment in, in an event that was going on as it was happening. And and document it, you know, or follow along with an event live or whatever. People were able to do that. And those goals are fantastic. Those are great tools in society and they have a huge place in society, but that's not what those sites have become now. If you go on Twitter and uh, tweet something out, almost certainly someone will pop up to tell you how much they dislike what you've said, and probably you personally, and they might then pop into your direct messages and reiterate how much they dislike you.
0: If you want to get lots of tweets, here's two things you can tweet. Have a go at the NHS, or say that privatised railways are better than British Rail, or or cyclists. I'll give you a third one, cyclists. You go with any of those three, you're in for a whole world of fun. And,
5: And this is it. People will show up though to have a go at you. Um, often to have a go also, this is the other thing is it becomes sort of a pile on people who, oh, yeah. have, um, so, so many times there, were, there was a really interesting TED talk about this, that some, uh, woman, this was years ago made, uh, what was a poor taste joke, but a poor taste joke, it, you know, it was meant to be a, a joke. And in a way it was supposed to be a joke about the people who would think that's an okay joke to be.
0: Right. Okay. And yeah. they
5: made it. And then they got on a plane for the next 12 hours to go uh, to go abroad as they were planning to do. And by the time that they landed, they had been fired from their job. They were the number one trending thing on Twitter. They didn't know they'd been fired either. Twitter found out first because people started tweeting. They found where they worked and started tweeting their company and saying why they should be fired. And... Um, their company responded that this person has now been fired. And this person obviously didn't know any of this. They were on a plane. And when they got to the airport, there was journalists waiting to... Because people worked out what plane they were on. And there was journalists waiting at the airport at the moment they arrived to ask them about all of this stuff that they had no knowledge of. (laughs) And it was because a pile-on happened, because people who didn't know them and their sense of humour and what they were aiming to and the nuances that were all important just saw this and thought this is a terrible joke we're going to have an attack and that it, that's such a flaw in the system
0: I, I hope you're right I hope you think I hope the, they can step up and sort it out but I, I I hope you I hope you can do it I I hope you, you you're right and it, and it will go that way yeah Certainly in
5: you. the time that we live in we've just got to be optimists these days and optimism is what keeps us all going through and, and moving forward so I think that's what we have to do and that's the focus that we have to try and hopefully as I say they are true to their original purpose, and I think if they are, then the world would be a much better and, and, and happier place.
0: And the Hardy Report is true to its original purpose, to entertain and inform. Edward Hardy with the Hardy Report at number three this week on the Pod 20. Number two, shagged, married, annoyed. The only way Rosie and Chris Ramsey can have a conversation without being interrupted by a toddler or ending up staring at their phones is by doing a podcast. And at number one, Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's Lockdown Parenting Hell. It's parenting, just not as you know it. That's it for episode 49 of the Pod 20. Thanks to this week's guest pod stars, Richie Firth, Bill and Lindelin, Maria Passingham, and Edward Hardy. Next week, my special guest is Anthony Davis who presents 5-Minute News. You'll know him from LBC, Smooth Radio, and the voice of countless commercials and TV shows. Anthony, you're a Brit who lives in Los Angeles. Have you adapted to the American lifestyle?
6: Well, I say garage now, so I suppose I have.
0: (laughs) I think it was Elizabeth Taylor once described herself as being half and half. Are you starting to feel that way a bit?
6: I think I'll always be a Londoner, but I just do feel it's important to assimilate to a new city. So if you, if you move in the same way that in London, we used to complain if people moved to London and didn't make the effort to kind of join in, you know, eating jellied eels and stuff like that. But, uh, I, I've tried very hard to assimilate. I just think it's important. It's respectful. You know, I, I'm not, I don't want to bring England to Los Angeles. I want to really get into Los Angeles. And I mean, here's a little example, right? I, in London, like, if someone was, like, carrying a... You know, some people listen to their music out loud. Yeah. It drives me mad when they're walking <laughs> the street. They, they, they listen to their music out loud. And I'm like, headphones were invented for a reason. But since moving here, like, I've, I've really relaxed because it's a much slower city, and the quality of life is definitely better here. Pro- probably because there's no public transport, really, you know, or public transit, as they call it. You really drive everywhere. Everybody has a car. But when I see someone playing their music out loud here... I'm like, they are creating the soundtrack to the city. Like all the sounds that we feel and hear and experience. New York's a better example of this. You don't think about it in LA so much, but I've seen it here so many times. You don't go, oh, I wish you'd shut up because like in London you'd do that because there's so much noise. Yeah. But here to have humans contributing to the soundtrack of the city with their with their songs, with their tunes, with their music, with their with their culture is is beautiful and so that's a very simplistic example of of how different i feel living here and how you know integrated it it seems to be it's it's very very different there's no comparison really between london and la
0: yeah and the weather as well for one thing goodness me
6: (laughs) now That that does put a spring in your step
0: You've done so much in the UK, LBC, Smooth Radio, we've heard you on TV, the voice of Comic Relief, Royal Variety Performance, voice of ITV, hundreds of TV commercials, documentaries. Let's go back to the very, very beginning. So you were born in London, whereabouts in London?
6: I was born where the Royal Family are born, in St. Mary's in Paddington, except I was born (laughs) in the NHS wing, not the Lindo wing, which is the (laughs) posh wing where they come out of. So I basically came out the back door, and they came out the front door.
0: Right, and... What kind of upbringing? Middle class, working class? What? 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 what do your parents do? Well, for my living? my
6: my family were in retail. You know, my dad had a dress shop, so that was kind of. Um, and famously, my dad's dress shop was called Betty Davis, yeah. Um, which randomly was my was my grandmother's name, but obviously people thought of it as Betty Davis, the 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 actress. And so, yeah, they just had a they just had a, sh- a little shop in Ealing. That was so. You know, I guess that's a kind of middle class upbringing. Uh, a solitary dress shop, and famously my grandmother, who could literally sell condoms to the clergy, would uh, hold dresses tight around the back of women when they were trying them on to make them fit beautifully and say, darling, that looks great, it's perfect on you. And then, of course, she would release the fabric and they would buy something two sizes too big. So it's a family of grifters, basically.
0: Anthony Davis, my special guest next week on the Pod 20. And if you'd like to watch extended video chats with my guests, check them out on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will Rob Beckett and Josh Whittacombe's Lockdown Parenting Hell still be at number one? Will your favourite podcast be at the top of the chart? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the countdown. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk.
3: Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told.